0: to another episode of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Havern As always, I'm joined by the two J's, Joey and Jared, and gentlemen. I hope you guys are having a better NFL Sunday than I am. I had exactly zero shares of Amari Cooper, um, didn't play Saquon in cash, just a ton of mistakes on my end. How did you guys do in week 14?
1: Um, I'm in the same boat, brother. <sighs> <laughs>
2: uh well you could look at our head to head matchup and see how that went, Ben.
0: I know, that's crazy. I'm looking through looking through my head to head, seeing the action, and I see this dude Jared is scooping my head to head, so I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 what is going on? I mean, I'm I'm all for it because I know that he played Aaron Jones in Cash. I was like, please, we could do any dollar amount, but um, thank 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 God, <laughs> thank God, they were all low dollars because that would have been that would have been rough.
2: Um, yeah, I missed cash and double ups, but I cashed in fifty fifties and all my head to, and all but like two of my head to heads with these dudes scored two hundred and thirty five points. Yeah, the two ones I didn't, the two ones I didn't cash in, they both had uh Kittle and Amari Cooper, like who plays that? Who plays that in, a ca- in cash? That's nuts. we got to
1: target the Eagles secondary, though, with all the injuries that they have. Like, We just overlooked that, honestly.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, because I, w- I was thinking about that. Like, That's a spot that we've pretty much talked about targeting every single week, and Amari Cooper was not even on my radar in the slightest. I was just so infatuated with playing Zeke from the Cowboys I didn't even think about playing Amari and that that was just a pure oversight he's been good with the Cowboys up to this point and today was like the pinnacle he put up over 50 points on DraftKings this is like the second time he
2: snapped in the last couple weeks yeah Yeah, he 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 had had the Thanksgiving
0: slate yeah
1: Yeah, I mean shit (laughs) 10 catches 217 receiving yards and 3 touchdowns absolutely it's crazy crazy.
2: he's He's shown once he gets going with Dallas, he has that like Julio snappage upside right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Amari's had games like this in the past. I wish I had his like full Oakland game log in front of me, but I know that he had a monster 50-point game with Oakland as well back in the day, so I don't know. Amari's definitely one of those players that can win you a GPP, and we saw that today.
2: Mhm. Yeah, definitely. He's we a might baller. As well
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say we might we might as well get right into it in terms of these players that won UGPPs. We're already talking about Cooper, but he wasn't the only player to go for over two hundred yards today. Do you guys know who the other was? I'm sure
1: you do. I saw George Kittle. Yeah, yikes! Kittle, I feel tied end.
2: He got shut out. He got shut out in the second half. He needed four yards to pass the all-time receiving record by a tight end.
1: Yeah, that's that's crazy. He didn't get. He didn't get a single catch in the second half. That's crazy. He was going into the second half. He was on pace for four hundred twenty receiving yards. That's unbelievable. He only finished with uh, seven catches for two ten and a touchdown on thirty seven points. So he still put up a monster day. But that was he had that stat line going into the second half. He he got that all in the first half. That's a crazy thing. His day should have been much bigger, honestly. But the Niners had complete control of that game, so
2: the whole offense didn't do anything though. I don't think they scored a single point in the second half, did they? I thought it was twenty nothing at halftime or something.
1: Yeah, they didn't uh, do much after halftime. But the at least the the Broncos were trash, so they didn't have to worry about the Broncos coming back on them.
2: Shout out to the Case Keenum believers.
0: I don't know Maybe. if there's any of those left. Um,
2: there was a whole bunch of them preseason.
0: There were a couple of them on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no.
2: exactly. For, for nope. week
1: one, for week no, one.
2: No, you guys were full believers. No, I don't even for want to week
1: hear that. one, brother. Um, we want. We were looking at Case Keenum because they were playing the Seahawks, and we were like, "Oh, the Seahawks yeah. lost a bunch of people." I don't know
0: why Joey's front. Like, he doesn't have a Case Keenum jersey hanging in his room.
1: <laughs> How do you go from being so good with the Vikings to so bad? System. Yeah, I guess.
0: But is it, though? Because Cousins isn't that good with the Vikings. I mean, he's okay. Yeah, I mean. Keenum Cousins. was better.
2: I don't know what's going on with Cousins. But I was so scared that for him to get in the division this year. And then I'm happy he's in there now, honestly. Because he hasn't, he hasn't yeah. really done anything. They got more
0: yeah, wins that's than fair.
1: The Packers though.
2: Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do,
0: but their defense is—I mean, it's still pretty good. Yeah, um, the defense
2: is still sick.
0: And up until recently, I would have given them the—you uh, know—a big margin of victory in the coaching department. But I—I I didn't know that Joe Philbin was gonna come out and just—you know—be the goat. He is the goat,
2: dog. See, you were hating. You—you you were. See, we we were all we were all um, right when that game started. I turned it off. Because cause, uh, big number 30 was in that backfield. Yeah. And you know, I was just reminiscing on the times Aaron Jones was in the backfield. Yeah. And then uh, about two drives later, three drives later, when the Packers didn't score, they put Aaron Jones in. couple carries. At right after halftime, snapped. Wow. Snapped. Glided through the defense. Ducking and diving. <laughs> yeah, it's my son. Yeah, uh, it was looking
0: pretty dicey at first. Jamal getting the start, Jamal Williams, for the Packers. But, um, I mean, he finished the game with four carries. So, you know, Aaron Jones seems to have retaken his starting role, uh, contrary to what McCarthy tried to do in his last week with the Packers.
2: Hmm. Honestly, it might be might be what's-his-face. It might be coming from upstairs. There's no way Philbin and McCarthy are that stupid. Uh, yeah. Gutekunst. G- G- Gudenkunst. Yeah, I don't know. Weird that he would want to
0: do that. I think they should have probably seen enough from Jamal at this point to know that
2: he's a scrub. But I don't know. Maybe honestly, whose ever fault that is, I don't know who's seeing that. I don't. Whoever it is, you need to be fired. Crazy. Yeah, they should. Have, they should have traded him
0: instead of Tymont. I feel like Tymont would be a better compliment to Aaron Jones than Jamal Williams. But I guess that's neither here nor there at this point. You know what? They got rid of Tymont? Yeah. On. Yeah. But let's talk uh, on this pod, as we always do, about some of the top plays that won people GPPs. Obviously, Amari Cooper and George Kittle were, you know, tickets to finishing very highly in GPPs. Cooper was only 14.8% owned and had over 50 points. George Kittle had 37 points at 5% owned. So um, those are just, those are just like massive. Especially Kittle at 5% on. That's huge leverage, especially when so many people were paying above him to get in Kelsey, Ebron, and Ertz this week. And then Kittle goes and outperforms all of them. So that's huge leverage. But let's talk about the running backs. And this week, the high-scoring running backs were pretty predictable. They were the top guys, like like we all sort of assumed they would be. And let's start with Zeke Elliott, who had 40 touches in this game against uh, the Eagles, including a career-high 12 receptions. He was 23.6%, put up 34.3 DraftKings points this week. Uh, We kind of assumed that he was going to be a lock.
1: Yeah. Like you said, he was a stone lock and uh, he provided, uh, you know, or hold on. Like you said, he was a stone lock and he uh, exceeded expectations. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just about the only thing I was right about on um, this week, but I was—it was—it was great to see Zeke. And one of the reasons I liked him was his recent uptick in receiving usage. I think that really raised his floors for cash games. Although I can't say that I was anticipating twelve receptions, but just in sort of like an overall sense, do you guys think that Zeke? I mean, is that going to be the kind of player he is going forward? Is he going to enter the like the Barkley and CMC tier of? running back slash receiver or is he gonna is this just sort of an anomaly it,
2: it doesn't seem like something that he would usually be but i mean he did well he's just not that type of runner or running back i mean running. no one no i don't think honestly i don't think anyone's in that receiving range like mccaffrey is because he's like the whole the whole offense i mean obviously Gurley's up there Gurley's above everyone but after Gurley, yeah. really, no one touches Caff.
0: I think you could say Kamara is, uh, but McCaffrey doesn't have a Mark Ingram that vultures his touches. But we saw we saw Kamara kind of be the entire Saints offense for the first four weeks of the season.
2: Yeah, but then you got you got uh, like you said Bunk Ingram, then you also got Michael Thomas. That mm-hmm, That is so, true. And then in Carolina, you got nobody. Yeah, all those people. <laughs> all, the, all, all those people I just named. Nobody. <laughs> so, um,
0: speaking of McCaffrey, was 0.01 percent less owned than Zeke Elliott. So hopefully, uh, you know you got that leverage. But he went 16 rushes for 63 yards and two touchdowns. Almost had three, but the third was called back. He also had six catches, so 28.1 points. Almost had a bit more if he had gotten that third touchdown. But like you said, it's like when you watch the Panthers play, it's it's like CMC it's the cmc show and it was so telling to me when i heard i think it was siciliano on the red zone channel he was making you know one of his transitions to get back to the panthers game and he's like all right let's get back to mccaffrey and the panthers usually you would hear him be like let's get back to cam newton and the panthers nah this is the this year is the year of mccaffrey for the panthers he's their whole team essentially on offense
2: i don't know something's going on with cam that injury is really the shoulder. nagging him i think yeah because at the beginning of the year, he was playing MVP ball. And now he's just, what are they, on a five-game losing streak or something?
0: Yeah, with today, I think so.
2: Yeah, tough, dude. Tough. It is. Absolutely tough.
0: But McCaffrey is a beast. Um.
2: Yeah, honestly, I he's not going to slow down. You still taking James White over him, Joey?
1: 100%. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> That's
1: funny.
0: Yeah, Saquon Barkley. Let's talk about it because, you know, we had, we were talking about it this morning. I think it was pretty interesting the decision you made on whether or not to play Saquon. Um, Out of the three of us, Jared is the only one who made the cash move to pivot up from Camara to Saquon, which in retrospect to me was like a really good call on Jared's part. And I kind of wish I had done it. Um, It just makes so much sense with Odell out. Like Barkley is going to be the clear, basically the only option in, in the Giants' pass game and he didn't actually do too much in the pass game, but I think that's because he didn't have to because they were completely blowing out the Redskins in the first half. So, I mean, pretty much in the first half alone, he had 170 yards rushing, right, and a a touchdown, and he also had four catches. So he ended up with 32.7 DraftKings points, but I think he easily, very easily could have had 50 points if the game had been competitive, Um, but they gave Wayne Gallman – Fourteen second half carries because they were just so ahead and had completely won the game already. So, um, you know that kind of hurt fantasy owners. But Barkley was just—I don't know—he he was a beast today.
1: Give me Barkley over uh, over Gurley. Wow! Wow! You heard it here first.
0: That's an interesting fantasy
1: take. or real life. Both. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Barkley is the best running back to come out of college since Adrian Peterson did out of Oklahoma.
2: Okay, you know how many times I've heard that, dude? I've heard heard that with Fournette and Gurley and then Barkley. I definitely heard it about Zeke as well. And Zeke, yeah. So how many best running backs since AP can there be? Reggie Bush. (laughs) Reggie (sighs) Bush. Reggie Bush. Yeah, way too many. Way too many. Hey, my son is an absolute animal. Nah, he's nice, but, I mean, Gurley is Gurley, dude. Gurley
0: is Gurley, but Joey just, Joey, like, for some reason, like, discredits Gurley because he's on a good offense, or, like, he gets a lot of touchdowns, which somehow, like, Joey's like, well, he gets so many touchdowns and set the 10-yard line, he can't be good. He gets all those touchdowns. Like, I don't know how that's a
1: bad thing, but. uh he just, his fantasy is boosted. His fantasy numbers are boosted. That's all. That's all I'm saying.
0: I don't know, bro. Until 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 I've seen Saquon uh hurdle as many people as I've seen Todd Gurley hurdle, I'll never give him that respect. Yeah.
2: Did you see where um
1: he basically cleared a guy last week?
0: I did. I actually I didn't.
1: Oh well. You know I advise you to go look at the highlights.
0: All right, all right. You know I'm. That's the first thing I'm gonna do when I get off of this podcast. But um. <laughs> You know, let's talk about another running back who basically all they do is generate highlights. This is a running back who people have doubted, people on this very podcast have doubted whether or not he can get a 100-yard rushing game. But let me tell you you a thing or two about Mr. Joe Mixon. He can get a 100-yard rushing game. 26 for 111, five catches for 27 yards. He was 1% owned, and he put up... 27.8 points in DraftKings. that's an awesome leverage play uh for gpps obviously on this podcast none of us were on joe mixon but um you know what do you, what do you think about his performance today joey i know you're a big fan
1: you know as the conductor of the joe mixon hate train uh this is a fluke <laughs> so yeah. i'll leave you God, at that, dude here we go what do you what do you mean here we go all right, he had, he had 111 yards. He's a good burner, dude. All right, he has two 100-yard rushing games in his career. So he had 111 yards on 26 carries. All right, uh, you know, if you're getting 26 carries, you better get over 100. All right, and then he had mm-hmm. five catches, 27 yards. So a bunch of checkdowns, 27.8 points. You know, he had a good fantasy day, scored a touchdown, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still uh, on board. I'm on board the train. I don't know if you guys are on that train, but I'm on it. I
0: I don't know. it's hard to be on the Joe Mixon hate train. He basically, you know, he kept the Bengals, a terrible Bengals team, no AJ Green, no Andy Dalton, kept them within five points of the Chargers today. And you know, the Chargers are pretty good. I think that it was pretty much all on the back of Joe Mixon that they were able to stay competitive in that game. So I don't know. We'll have to see.
1: You're right. He he did put them on his back. I'll give him that. That doesn't change my opinion, yeah. though. I got to see it over a long <laughs> period of time.
0: What, what's like the threshold? Like, how many 100 yard rushing games does he have to get before you'll give him some respect? Just so I know, like, when to check back with you.
1: Well, I mean, this is his first of the season, right? Or is it his second? It is second his of second the season. You know, maybe if he gets like four in a season or five, then, you know, I'll give him his respect. But until then, I just can't. I'm sorry.
0: All right, that'll that'll definitely be something that we'll be monitoring on this podcast okay. and uh, All right. maybe in back 10 with years. Joseph.
2: All right, Joe, you're in luck because he ends with Oakland, Cleveland, and then he's gonna get a hundred yards in Pittsburgh. Oh, in okay. Pittsburgh. Okay. Oh, the
0: the new age Le'Veon Bell versus the team that let the old one go. That's crazy. That is yeah. insane. Yeah.
1: That's very disrespectful. All
0: right. Well, we know that Joey doesn't like Joe Mixon, but let's talk about another running back that I know Joey likes and, uh, and uh, another running back that Joey has quite a bit of respect for. Um, give me your thoughts on Kenyon Drake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> All right.
0: What, bro? I, I, it might have been our very first podcast episode that we had the Kenyon Drake debate where you assured me that how, how good he was going to be. And I doubted, but after today, my man Kenyon Drake really buried the past. And I feel like that must have been really like conflicting for you. Do you want to talk about it?
1: Oh, my God. Um, No comment. I'm a big fan of Kenyon Drake this year. I feel like he goes way over the 800 rushing yards. I could see him having... Around eleven or twelve hundred rushing yards for the season. First of all oh, damn. first of all, the Dolphins are at the thirty-one yard line. Their own thirty-one yard line. They're down by five. They need a touchdown to win. Do you think this man Ryan Tannehill is going to throw sixty nine yards to the to the goal line? If you think so, you're on crack. You're smoking crack. Okay. I'll answer that for you. He 100% cannot throw that far. He cannot throw 70 yards in the air. 100% fact. Why are you putting Gronkowski out there? Why are you taking Devin McCordy off the field, first of all, who's arguably the Patriots' best tackler?
0: Height advantage. On what? On Kenyon Drake. Gronk has to have, like, a full foot on him.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then Patrick Chung, his Bum ass was just standing there watching Kenyon Drake cut across the field you need to be cut immediately but going back to Gronk it was it was nice to see him um turn up today haven't had a vintage Gronk game in a while um so it was just nice to see that as a Patriots fan that he still has it in him to produce uh, great games like today and it's a good sign going forward especially with the playoffs right around the corner.
0: Yeah, do you think that he can carry this momentum, you know, forward? Uh, you know, personally I have him in a redraft league and he's playing the Steelers, which is a great matchup next week. So should I should I feel confident uh in Gronk next week as well?
1: Yeah, he always snaps against the Steelers.
0: Hey, uh love to hear it. Um in that same game we had Kenny Stills put up a monster performance. Um at only 1.1% ownership on DraftKings in the $3 play action. So, you know, Stills was a player who I was actually pretty interested in this morning. Um, If Danny Amendola was ruled out, I thought that he was going to be a really good play at 4100 However, once they ruled Amendola active, and with Tannehill's inability to throw deep, as we just talked about, like, I wasn't really interested in... Kenny Stills, but he managed to really put it together today. He had nine targets, turn that into eight catches for 135 and a touchdown, 30 points on DraftKings at under two percent owned. Uh, how, how how did Stills look today?
1: He abused um, Jason McCordy and J.C. Jackson. So there's that. It's well known that the Patriots struggle in Miami. We talked about it on the preview episode, and today was no different. They couldn't stop anything. Um,
0: Just out of curiosity, I kind of missed, you know, parts of this game, but I saw that Brock was in there for a portion. What happened? What happened with that? Why was Brock Osweiler even in this game?
1: Tannehill uh, had his ankle rolled up, so Brock came in. Uh, Oh,
0: so it wasn't it wasn't performance related. Okay.
1: Nah, Tannehill was snapping. Um, He he was on some GPP winning teams. I know the person who came in second in the Millie Maker had Tannehill. So
0: Yeah, okay, Tannehill distills that that makes sense. Yeah. Um,
1: he ended up scoring twenty three points.
0: And in that same game, Julian Edelman also did pretty well. I mean, he didn't, you know, break the slate, but it, w- it was a really good game and close to an even better game. He was just short of the 100-yard bonus, but he went 9 for 86 and a touchdown. So yeah. I did see him at the top of some of the GPP teams. You know, 23 points on DraftKings is enough yeah. to uh, do really well, especially when you're under 2% owned like Edelman was. So, um, you know, if you stacked that game up and had Edelman, Gronk, Drake, or Stills – some combination of those guys, you probably did pretty well With in Brady in tournaments to today. Snapped. Yeah, Brady, just under thirty points on DraftKings. Um, 5, I think that there was a lot of variant. Yeah, there was a lot of variance to what quarterbacks you could have played, as long as you didn't play like, uh, you know, like some of the popular ones like Rodgers or Big Ben or. I don't think Deshaun Watson did that well. Nah, right, Deshaun um,
1: Watson only had one touchdown.
0: Yeah, so those were some of the popular guys. But if you had gotten on to, say, you know, Tannehill, Brady, Dak Prescott after the Amari Cooper explosion, like these were some of the guys that uh, could have led you to win a GPP. You know, actually, let's move on to the the top wide receivers of the slate because there were some monster games in the wide receiver section as well. And starting off with Juju Smith-Schuster, who, oh, I mean, incredible we right game. About we uh,
1: were right about him, too.
0: Yeah, Juju and Zeke were basically my you know, my favorite wide receiver and running back plays respectively. It's a wonder that I did so terrible when I got both of those things right. It's just, you know, <laughs> just too much like Chris Godwin, which we'll get to shortly, unfortunately. But um but yeah, Juju completely snapped. He was under 10% owned, 8 for 130 and 236 points on DraftKings. Um you know, he had a he had a long stretch. The Steelers' offense in general had a stretch where Big Ben was injured or, you know, I don't know exactly what was going on there because he was healthy enough to come back in and lead them on what they thought was a game-winning drive, although the Raiders came back. But, um, you know, once Big Ben came back in there, it was just all eyes on Juju. He was completely locked in and uh you know, Smith Schuster had a great game.
2: Yeah, he's a he's a ball. He had that great that great back of the end zone touchdown, that little toe
0: tap. Oh yeah, that was awesome. I was so hot when they didn't give that to him, but once they reshowed it,
2: come on. That was a Juju's nasty catch. Nice. That was really nice catch. He's uh he's starting to turn up. He's uh, he might be that number one. I don't think so.
0: No, I, I kind of agree with Jared. I think it's trending in that direction. Mm-hmm.
1: Why? A.B. is still the clear-cut number one in that offense. Not for long. No doubt about it.
0: I mean, Juju has more catches than A.B. Think about that for a second. And he has more yards. More catches and more yards. He's at least the 1A. And, yeah, I mean, A.B. A, has more touchdowns. He has, like, eight more touchdowns. So there's that, which obviously comes with having so much chemistry with Big Ben. But Antonio Brown is... Thirty years old. Juju Smith-Schuster is twenty-two years old. Um, I kind—I kind of agree with Jared here. I think Juju is. This might be the last year where Antonio Brown is the clear-cut number one in this offense.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Um. As great as Antonio is, no no disrespect to Antonio, I love Antonio Brown, but uh, this dude Juju's incredible. And if you look at his numbers, like he's breaking all sorts of records for production of a player at his age. He's so young and he's so good. Um,
1: nah, he's really
0: good. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it shapes up. I, I love Juju though. Yeah,
1: he's really
0: good. Uh, another top wide receiver, Julio Jones, uh, completely snapped. And we'll I'll go to Jared with this one because I didn't catch all of this game, but, um, you know, Julio seemed to have been just completely snapping, 8 for 106, two touchdowns, uh, 33.6 points on DraftKings, so what, what what was the deal with Julio today, Jared?
2: That young, unexperienced secondary, straight up, that's really it, just still learning, still a lot of over-pursuing, bad tackling, and Julio just ate straight up, not much you could do. Did they try and shadow him with Jair or, like, bracket him or what? Um, for the most part, I saw Jair on there a lot. I was trying to watch all the games, so it was hard to yeah. just watch the Packers, but I saw Jair on him a lot. Obviously, didn't work out too well. Jair's been playing not so great lately, but he's still balling. I mean, that's still Julio Jones. So How
0: about another top wide receiver play this week? Um, I saw some sharp people in the industry play T.Y. Hilton in cash, which, you know, I'm confused about. I don't understand that at all. He was injured, Uh, you know, a game time decision, somebody who I just, I don't know. I I, like he does better at home. They were on the road. I I know that the Texans struggle against big play receivers. So I guess there's that, but I just didn't really see the T.Y. Hilton play today. But uh, if, (laughs) if you made it, congrats to you. That was an awesome play. He was just one yard shy of being in the 200 yard club today, along with Kittle and Cooper, but he went nine for 199, uh, 31.9 points on DraftKings. He was he was a monster today.
1: Yeah, he killed it, bro. He always snaps against the Texans, also.
0: Yeah, I, I heard that too. But like, is that is that something that you guys really put a lot of stock into?
1: Not really. Splits
0: against a division team, like I don't
1: know. No. I, I mean, it depends. Yeah. It definitely depends on the situation, but I mean, I could see why people would play them. Um, you know, the Colts' offense is a good offense. They're gonna have to throw a lot to keep up with the Texans, especially at home. And they're hot. And well, they were hot. They were they won uh, nine straight. So. You know I could see the play
0: I mean I think that his ownership was certainly suppressed because this was a relatively popular game to target I think people were on this game in general but uh you know just his illness and like the questionable status and the reports we were seeing leading up to the game I think kept people off of Hilton even once he was cleared people already had their lineups made and didn't want to I don't know it's just it's just it's like a late news thing and if you made the pivot congrats because it was it was a great move um But somebody who the news didn't affect late. This is somebody that you can go back. We recorded Wednesday night. This was Joey's boy, Deshaun Hamilton. As Joey called him, the best value play on DraftKings.com in week 14. He was on the Millie-making lineup at stone minimum.
1: $3,000.
0: All these fish, all these fish like myself paid an extra 1500 to get Cortland sutton's bum ass Uh two catches in there when we could have had deshaun hamilton at the 15k discount like oh my god i should have just listened
1: to joey that's facts should have listened to me honestly (laughs) bro people were expecting Cortland sutton to his role to jump up what like five or seven targets more than what he was already getting no they're gonna put in these guys like Hamilton and Patrick, and they're gonna assume those uh, targets in new roles. They came out and said Hamilton will be featured in the slot. The Niners suck against slot receivers. I thought it was a pretty fairly uh simple play at three thousand dollars. I mean, hard to go there in cash because it's like a very thin play. But GPPs, like you said, he was on the million maker winner. Um, great value. Always nice when your uh, player can six X their value. Yeah,
0: that is very nice. He out targeted Cortland Sutton. Um just just an all around great play by you and you described it earlier off the pod as like he was open all the time. Like he could have had a bigger game if he had a more competent quarterback, yeah.
1: Yeah, a more competent quarterback and the Broncos offensive line didn't want to block, so there's that. So some of the throws I don't blame on case, but some of them I do, and yeah, he could have had a big, he could have had a bigger game as well as uh, all the other receivers in that uh, game for the Broncos. They could have had bigger games as well. I mean,
0: if you if you can hit like that on a on a player on DraftKings, you're going to be in great shape. I didn't have, I had some interest in Hamilton. I just didn't go there because I didn't like it in cash, and I didn't think there was any upside. Obviously, I was wrong with that. The touchdown, he did it. He did it coming off the zero target game. He he really <laughs> yeah. did it.
1: Zero really targets to nine
0: targets. Lit. How about we discuss Juice? Jarvis Landry. Eight point one percent owned on DraftKings. My man turned five touches into twenty-five point one DraftKings points, which is not Jarvis Landry's MO. Like when you think about Jarvis Landry, you think like a ton of targets getting you to value eventually from like, you know, like ten five yard catches. But today was completely opposite. Like I had to double check when I saw he had a fifty-yard touchdown. I'm like, wait, Jarvis Landry? I didn't know that he ran routes that deep.
2: <sighs> Juice, my son. Five touches. Juice. <laughs> you got there, bro. You finally showing out for the squad. Five touches. He really bro. did.
1: That's running good.
2: It was that was a that was kind of a weird game. If you guys watched it at all. In what way? There was like no. It, it seems like there was like no offense, but they put up forty six points. Total, yeah,
0: mm hmm.
2: I don't know, it seemed like a slow game. I mean, Calf got Calf, didn't even get that many yards, did he?
0: Yeah, his his production was mostly touchdown based. You
1: guys seen the thing with the extra point?
2: <laughs> yeah, dog, that was so stupid can you
1: be as a franchise, bro. Come on,
0: nah, what happened? I didn't see right.
2: it. So, these dudes they scored the touchdown to make it 23 to 20. They kicked the extra point, they get the extra point. I think, what were they, offsides, right? Or something like that? Yeah, the
1: Panthers were offsides.
2: Yeah, so the Panthers go offsides, right? So mm-hmm. what do you naturally do if you're head coach? If you make the extra point, someone's offsides. Decline. Yeah. Take the point. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they this, it? This boy, Greg Williams, accepted the five-yard penalty, and then they missed the extra point. <laughs> <laughs> that ass, bro
0: that's horrible
1: you didn't see that <laughs> like, at like what god, were you thinking no, i
0: didn't i oh god no i didn't see that that's insane
1: <laughs> yeah he uh um, missed it he um, oh man kicked the ball right off the upright. it clanked off and that just made
2: it made it a field goal game like yeah. that's huge yeah craig williams is something else
1: <laughs> such an idiot so how about you know we should talk about some bums
0: all right we got some we got some bums who do you which bum do you want to talk about first there's plenty
1: chris godwin you know
0: Uh, okay well let me handle godwin because you know we we didn't really do our our tilt segment at the top of the show but i will tell you right off the rip i am so tilted at this dude chris godwin getting one catch on 10 goddamn targets team high 10 targets and he had one catch
2: yo didn't that happen earlier in the year against like carolina or a team yeah yeah mike evans had like had one catch on ten targets. That's the second time that's happened this year.
0: Yeah, that's and ridiculous. With a, with a Bucks receiver, nonetheless. That that is. I completely forgot about that, but that is true. Um, Chris Godwin. Like, I don't know, man. It's just it was so bad because like every time I saw that game come on, he was getting targeted, and he was either getting completely locked down by eli apple of all people okay we're not talking about an elite corner in the nfl we're talking about eli apple watch him no, off. watch him mouth. No, watch no, him no. out that's
2: no. my son no from the no. ohio State university
0: <laughs> but i just don't understand he, he got and he had some catches where he should have had it and he just like had it and then stepped and dropped it and i was just completely confused about what i was watching um <laughs> Godwin was massive chalk. He was like over 40% in cash games. Uh, I don't know what his tournament ownership is, but I know that it was sinking all of my GPP lineups because I played him pretty much everywhere. I thought he was a stone lock when you considered how well he's done in games that Deshaun Jackson has missed with the Bucs and how the Saints are like give up a ton of deep targets to wide receiver. It just lined up perfectly for him. Nah, nice 2.3 DraftKings points. To be honest, it was just a complete unforgivable performance. I can't, I can't man that. That that's the one thing that really tilted me today. I made some bad plays and that I feel like is more on me, but Godwin was a good play that just completely busted. So no,
1: actually, you know, who I want to no. snap on that. We mentioned earlier, Portland Sutton. I am never playing this man again in fantasy. All right. Huh? You know how many weeks has been Cortland Sutton chalk week? you know how many times he has produced zero all right on twitter earlier i tweeted i'll never play Cortland sutton again no matter how chalky is and i'm sticking by that i don't this man could be a hundred percent owned i will be that point zero 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 (laughs) zero one percent person who will not play him
0: yeah, he has uh, you know a season. Well, I guess you could call it a career high four catches in a game. Gonna be tough to go back there because this was a really good spot for him, and he completely busted. Um,
2: he wasn't even honestly. He wasn't even supposed to play snaps this year, to be honest. A yeah, nine. I think
0: ideally they wouldn't have have played him. <laughs> They yeah, got a little then, bit too big for their britches, traded away DT, and then Sanders got hurt. Kind of the same thing that happened with the Lions where Kenny Galladay was in a really good role, but when he's the only player there because you trade away Golden Tate and then Marvin Jones gets hurt, it's they just key in on him and it's it's over. So it's yeah. like, you know, sometimes these receivers are good in the role they're in and then when that role gets expanded and they're like the focal point of the defense, then you're just not going to produce the same unless you're truly, truly elite in terms of some other disappointing slash i don't know average chalk sterling shepherd was pretty popular and he did not do very well luckily he got that touchdown to salvage himself up to like a respectable 9.7 points but really he only had two catches for 17 yards like shepherd had very favorable splits in the seven games that he played last year that odell missed however Saquon Barkley wasn't on the team then, so it was a complete, completely different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what did you guys think about Shepard's uh, bust this week?
2: He busted because it was a blowout. Yeah. Uh, and when they did throw it, I mean, Rus- Russell Shepard, uh, Evan Ingram, I mean, it just, he wasn't really in a good spot because Saquon just went off. Honestly, that was really it. If Saquon didn't go off, Shepard could have had a bigger game. Or if Sanchez decided, uh, he wanted to play football
0: today. Uh, yeah, like you said, they just really didn't need him. The Giants' defense played really well—five sacks, three interceptions. They returned one of those. So, um, yeah, they, they didn't. I guess they didn't really need Shepard. How about the two running backs—the two cheap running backs that were in everybody's cash game lineups this week? We had Jalen Samuels and Jeff Wilson Jr. Neither of them went crazy, but they did what they were supposed to do as sub-4K running backs. They did what they were supposed to. They got nice floor games. Jalen Samuels especially uh, got a lot of receiving usage that made him viable um, on DraftKings. He had seven receptions for 64 yards, only 28 rushing yards, but it really wasn't so much of a split like we had sort of heard that it would be uh, Ridley only had five carries in the game.
1: Jalen Samuels did pretty well for being 3.7. He had, what, um, 16 points, 17 points?
0: Yeah, 16.2. Uh, 28.1% owned in tournaments and massively owned in cash. Yeah,
1: he was
2: like 56 in cash. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He did pretty well.
0: Personally, I'm not playing any quarterbacks on DraftKings for the rest of the year except for Josh Allen. So I don't, we don't really even have to discuss any other quarterbacks. What do you yeah. guys think about uh about that take? I know you're on board, Jared.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely not playing any quarterbacks other than Josh Allen for the rest of the year. Yeah.
0: Oh, why would you need to? He's essentially a fantasy football god. He can be completely terrible on the field and turn the ball over all the time and he's still going to put up at least 25 points on DraftKings.
2: He's an upgraded Lamar Jackson. Upgraded
0: Lamar Jackson, yeah. That's one way to phrase it, kind of like a Blake Bortles plus, perhaps. Yeah,
2: plus, plus, plus.
0: Yeah. My man Josh Allen, over the past three weeks, has three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and seven turnovers, and he's averaging just over 28 DraftKings points per game.
2: Yep. Go. Like, but, Gold status. Like,
0: his rushing, his rushing upside is so high. His rushing floor is so high. I mean, I think you could accurately say that he has a rushing floor of like seventy yards every game. Yeah. Like just the way that he scrambles, he's so good at it. Um, do I detect a little bit of respect coming from you, Joe? Are you finally putting respect on the future quarterback of the AFC East.
1: Or in terms of fantasy, I'll give him some respect. Not in real life, though.
2: Why? Okay. Why?
1: He's not good. Because he can't handle the passing of the
0: torch. That's why.
1: Okay,
2: ridiculous.
0: Um, He's a
1: good quarterback. That boy is absolute doo-doo. Let's go, A-Rob. All right. There we go. Ended off on a great note. All right. Boy, Allen Robinson put me in the semifinals. Let's get it
0: put you in the semifinals of, uh,
1: the most coveted league in America,
0: the most coveted redraft league in America. And, and that win essentially clinches a spicy week 15 matchup between Jared and myself in the semifinals. Um,
2: yeah,
1: interesting. We can report on that next Sunday after, uh, one of you loses. Most likely, Ben. I
2: don't lose.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't know about all that. Uh, but I guess, I guess we'll see. Wait, is, is the Patriots game Sunday night football?
2: No, I think it's 4 o'clock.
0: Oh, that's crazy. They need to flex that. But, um...
2: Got Cam on a Monday night, though.
0: Oh, my God. Let's man. go. I'm gonna be... Oh, that, that's crazy. But, um, we don't have to get into our <laughs> into our redraft matchup here. Uh-huh. Um, I think that is just about everything... For this week on the DFS Dose podcast, which is your fix of DFS information strategy and analysis, Um, (laughs) as always, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at the DFS Dose, same handle across all platforms. You can also follow my personal Twitter at Ben Hauver, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Carrion underscore
2: you can follow me at jared underscore underscore marcus
0: all right guys we will be back with a full preview of the week 15 slate on thursday so you know subscribe to us on itunes youtube all that and you will be the first to hear it where you'll hear such amazing plays as deshaun hamilton and juju smith schuster and many others that uh could have potentially won any tournaments this week
2: aaron jones
0: Aaron Jones, um, which definitely wouldn't have won you a tournament this week. All right, peace.